turn to a couple verses of scripture. I'd like to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verses 9 and 10. And we'll slip back to 2 Samuel chapter 9. In second, or First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, speak into our hearts and lives. Encourage us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and give him a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Trevor is already, Pastor Trevor's already welcomed us into the worship portion of this service, but I would ask you just for the remaining minutes that we have here today to worship the Lord with us in the Word. In the Word. It worship, I want you to see this worship service, this worship portion. Um, we call it Word and Worship. And when we take this platform, whether it be in the, the Word portion or now as we're in our worship phase of the, this Sunday morning, I want you to see the delivery of the Word as worship. It's, it's the Word of God being poured out over your lives. And it's Him speaking into us and us connecting and letting us change us. And when we get into the presence of God and are changed, that's worship. It's declaring His worth. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, and by the way, Bishop, great job of teaching and preaching out of the book of Peter. or the, well, It will be the books of Peter, but uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, that was a great word from the Lord today. If you did not hear that word this morning, you need to go back and listen to it. It's something that's very key to our lives. And we are, like I like to say, it is all are called to suffer, to suffer. And so sometimes we will suffer, and I think you'll be enriched by that. But 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3, it says, And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. Verse 6 says, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I surely will show thee kindness for Jonathan my father's sake, and will restore unto thee the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. We could go on and delve into this story, but um, for the sake of time, we won't read every passage. But Mephibosheth here, um, to, to tell you this story, Saul was king of Israel. And the way it was supposed to go is that when Saul was done being king, his son Jonathan would become king. And when, Saul, and when he was done being king, it would pass on and on. 
And so there was one left here. If you were the, the one that was closest to the throne, you would have been king. And so Mephibosheth here was of the lineage of Saul, and he was royalty. And the kingship was supposed to be in his family. But Saul had sinned so much against God that God said this kingship isn't going to be with you anymore. And he found someone with a heart that was after God, a man after God's own heart, King David. And, and he found him and God established him as king. And Saul's sin led to the downfall of his family, the house of Saul. And they were destroyed and Jonathan and Saul died in battle and Mephibosheth here, he was just a baby. You guys can say that word, Mephibosheth. It's one of those names uh, I'll never name my child, and we're done with children. So, <laughs> doubly certain. Right? Um, but uh, uh, Mephibosheth. And, and they were afraid when they heard that Saul had died and what was happening to the kingdom. And so his nurse picked him up and was running and dropped him. And he was lame in his feet. Now, David didn't want the lame and the blind and all that in Jerusalem. And so I find it really interesting and fascinating here that the king now, David is the king. And he looks, and Mephibosheth is trying to live over here in his lameness and now his poverty and his stricken state and, and his misery. And he's just trying to stay out of the sight of the king. Because in his mind, he would think, if the king knows I exist, and if I draw the attention of the king, I'm a dead man. And so he's living his life over here, and he's doing his thing, and he's just living below the radar. And David decides he wants to see, is there anybody left? You see, David, even though Saul had tried to kill David, David didn't want to kill Saul. Jonathan was David's best friend. And, and David had married a daughter of Saul. And, and Saul is the one that brought him up on the battlefield when David complained about Goliath and, and tried to give him his honor. See, see, David didn't hate Saul, but Saul had hated David. Mephibosheth doesn't necessarily know all the story. He doesn't know everything. He just knows that David's king. And that when running for his life, he was dropped. And he's lame. And that his family had sinned. And, and he knows some of that story. But he's living his life out when the king says, I want somebody of the lineage of Saul. Is there somebody I can help? And, and Bishop, I wonder what it was like that day because there wasn't a display on the news at night for him to see on the ticker that David's looking for somebody to bless. What was it like? Because he's living his life one day when there's a knock at the door. And they let him know, David wants to see you. Oh, somebody hear me. You didn't get into this sinful nature on your own. People that have gone before us have sinned. And we can go all the way back to Adam. And we can take our lineage all the way back. We, we didn't get in our situation simply because of our own choices. Although some of the things got us there too. 
but we're lame in our feet and, and, and we're in a bad way. And life is just a little bit troublesome and a little messed up. And Now, most all of you have been going to church for a while and you know a little bit about God. But sometimes you have this image of God that if I could just stay out of His radar, if, he, if I could just not catch His attention, why? Because judgment's going to come. Because I've been doing some of these sins over here. Oh, and, and hear me on this. Some of you have been sinning. And you know what sin wants to do when it gets in the presence of God? It wants to hide out. That's what they did in the garden. They went to church, the garden, and they hid out amongst the trees. And So you'll be in church, but you want to hide out in your sin. And yet, the king sent a messenger to knock at your door. In the book of uh, 1 Peter here, we read, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That reaches back into the book of Hosea. And in Hosea, he's telling the people, judgment is come. And God is speaking through him and saying, I'm going to judge this people because they have left me. They've sinned. They've committed all this wickedness. And then God spins it around. He says a couple things in there that I find interesting. He says he's going to take them into the wilderness. Why? So that he can show them himself. And all the sin and what they thought were blessings that they were chasing over here. They're going to go through heartache and struggle. And God's going to call them, not my people. And then they're going to hit a spot. And then he says he's going to go ahead and bring them. And he's going to, what is he going to do? He's going to make them his people. In verse, Hosea 2, verse 23, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that hath not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people. Oh, hear me. This is what we got going with Mephibosheth. I'm not of the people of David. I don't belong in David's house. I'm, I'm over here and, and this is what my life is like. And, and Israel is suffering. And why? They got themselves in that condition. But they're not my people. And then God says, And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Can we give him a hand clap? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, if I could just kind of unpack this slightly for you he says hey you've gone through some struggle for a while and the struggle you went through was because of sin and it was sin of your mom and your dad and, and your grandpa and your grandma and, and the people passed and some of it was your sin and you're not the people of God and, and you were a people but you're not the people but I'm going to now call you my people, and you're going to call me, he says, my God. Oh, let's tell him that right now. You're my God. You're my Savior. You're my hope. You're my salvation. And so Peter, when he is writing here in the New Testament, he's talking to people, and, and, and he's writing to what we now know as the church, the people of God. And he reminds you, 
But I think it slips past your brain because you're just excited about, oh, I'm the chosen generation. But one, at one point in time, we were not a people of God. Oh, we were cast out. We were lame. We were in the back corner. But one day, we got a knock at our heart's door. And that Jesus came knocking. And what does He want to do? He wants to call you His people. His people. And we won't be but just a few moments longer. But Mephibosheth here in the book of Samuel, he's there and he gets that knock at his door. And the king brings him to the house. You can see maybe the fear that he has. Why? He falls down. And I'm a dog. And, and, but what does the king do? He sets him at his table as one of his sons. He sets him at his table as one of his sons. And Mephibosheth, it says then, was laying in his feet. Musicians, I'll be bringing this to a close just in a moment. But he sets him at the table. What does it mean to set at the king's table? It means you have all your provision. He never had to want for food. It means that I don't care what the public thinks of you. They can look at you and think that you're a lame man. And you're a cripple. And we know David doesn't want that in his house. But he can say, I'm the king's son. It doesn't matter how your past got you here. Because he had as much authority and right as the next son at the table. You said, but, but you didn't grow up in David's house. It doesn't matter. Somebody knocked at my door. And it was the king's messenger. And when the king sends his messenger, it's as if the king came himself. And he knocked at my door. He knocked at your door, Mephibosheth. And it really doesn't matter what the past was like anymore. Why? Because you're chosen. Oh, you're a chosen generation. Could we go ahead and stand to our feet? Oh, Church of Omaha. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. An holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him that called you out of darkness. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Why am I grateful? Why am I thankful? As I prepared today for this message, all that would ring through my mind is I'm grateful. I'm thankful, oh God, because I had sin. And if I was the Apostle Paul, I would look at all those that I threw in prison and, and everything I would be, have. But I no longer have to wear guilt and shame. Why am I grateful? Because even though sometimes it may be a struggle and I go through sickness too and, and I go through heartache and I get my feelings hurt and, and, and I get beat down and, and I wonder how am I going to make it tomorrow. But I just reach up and I have Jesus to call on. 
I sit at the king's table and I can walk in to the creator of the universe and I can sit down and I can say, man, Jesus, it's been tough. That's why I'm thankful. That's why I'm grateful. Oh, Mephibosheth, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling just a little bit grateful. If you don't know what it's like to entertain the presence of the king, the king's called you today to entertain you. If you've been going through a struggle and you're like, oh God, I don't think I can make it. The king has a table for you today. Oh, if you've been been suffering and going through just, you don't know it, can I make it and can I keep my head up? The king has you at his table today. You've been picked. You've been chosen. You weren't a people, but you now are a people. And he calls us his people. And we say, you are my God. Go ahead, let's raise our hands across this place. Let gratefulness and thankfulness go up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, as they sing this song, let's begin to give Him worship. Let's begin to give Him love.